people. So I am going to unpack some stuff in my message tonight. I hope we can get to where I want to get to. We'll see if the time will let us be able to get there. But Luke chapter 4, verse 40. Are we, we there, Mr. Eli? Or you need anything? Or Okay. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 4, verse 40. <laughs> I got some of you. You got some of you are like, I did, I already did. Luke chapter 4, verse 40. You, you need it now. It's easy. Uh, it. Um, I'm going to go on without him. Amen. Luke chapter 4, verse 40. <laughs> While the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various kinds of diseases brought them to him, and laying his hands on each one of them, he was healing them. Now, Jesus, prior to this, was, was located in per, uh, Capernaum, and he was, he was ministering. And he was dealing with sickness, he was dealing with disease, he was dealing with the things that people had that, that, that were keeping them from really seeing him, knowing him, and operating the way God wants them to operate. How many of you realize that God wants us to be healed? He wants us to be delivered. He wants us to be whole. In every area in our lives. Look at verse 41. Demons were also coming out of many, shouting, You're the Son of God. But rebuking them, he would not allow them to speak because they knew him to be the Christ. When day came, Jesus left and he went to a secluded place, and the crowds were searching for him. And he came to him and he tried to keep him from going away from them. So you see Jesus here, he's, he's healing people. He's doing what the Son of God was sent to do to, to, to advance the kingdom of God, inaugurate the kingdom of God, to heal the sick, the blind were beginning to see, the lame were beginning to walk. All these things were beginning to happen. And all of a sudden Jesus slips away, secludes himself. And how many of you know things were happening so much they didn't want him to leave? Oh, come on, somebody. When the anointing of God and the power of God begins to show up, you don't want it to go. Amen? You want it to stay. And, and, he's, and it says they tried to keep him there from going away from them. But here's what Jesus told them in verse 43. And he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. For I was sent for that purpose. What was the purpose that Jesus was sent for? To preach the good news. Say good news of the kingdom, to preach the good news of the kingdom. He said, that's what I was sent for this purpose. Now turn with me to Luke chapter 9. I want to look at verses 1 and 2. <laughs> okay, maybe we'll just do it the first time. Shelly's like, I missed it. What? <laughs> you guys are awesome. Yeah, well, I'm just not going to let it affect me. I'm going to just keep moving through. Luke chapter 9. Verses 1 and 2. <laughs> I'll tell you later, honey. Some things we just got to be here to experience. Amen? Everywhere Jesus went, he was preaching the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus was preaching. Look at Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. And he called the twelve together, and he gave them power and authority over all, say all, 
all the demons and to heal diseases. And he sent them out to my, my, my version says proclaim. Other, one, other versions say preach the kingdom of God and to perform healings. So we see Jesus himself was sent here to proclaim or declare, to speak forth, to preach the kingdom of God, the good news of the kingdom of God. Now we see in in chapter 9 that he has taken his two disciples, I mean his 12 disciples, and he's taken them and he said, you guys are to preach the kingdom of God. Look at uh, chapter 10. I want to look at verse 1. Luke chapter 10. We're just going to kind of hang around in Luke tonight. We're going to go through a little bit in Luke tonight. We're going to just kind of dig some things out. And I I really believe you're going to get a hold of something tonight. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Now, after this, the Lord appointed 70 others, 70 others, and he sent them out in pairs ahead of him. Where did he send them to? To every city and place where he himself was going to come. Now, let's take a look at their assignment. In verse 9, their assignment was to heal those in it who were sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. That's good news, right? The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. That's good news. So we see Jesus, he himself had an assignment to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. We see he takes the 12 and he sends them out to do what? preach the good news of the kingdom of God. Now we take 70, and these are 70 that are different from the 12, and he sends them out two by two to preach what? Let me go back over that again. To preach what? The good news of the kingdom of God. That's right. To keep to preach the kingdom of God. So Jesus preached it. The 12 preached it. The 70 preached it. Look at Luke chapter 9. Look at verses 59 and 60. Because... Jesus' assignment was to inaugurate the kingdom, was to bring the kingdom forth. This is what he was sent to do, to preach it to all the cities. Verse 59, everybody there say, I'm there. And he said said to another, follow me. But they said, Lord, there's a guy that um, Jesus is coming up to and he's telling him to follow me. And this guy says, well, Lord, you know, I've got to... I got to first go bury my father. His father wasn't dead. It was a, it was, his father wasn't in the middle of a funeral, and he says, I got to go tomorrow because my father's dead, and there's going to be a funeral in two or three uh, days, and then I can follow you. What he was saying is that I'm living with my parents and their lifestyle. I have to stay with them until they're okay, make sure their needs are met, make sure their life is set the way it's supposed to be, and then after that I'll come and follow you. So when we begin to look at these things, it wasn't just a day or two. It was a time of saying, you know what? I want my parents to be okay. I want them to live healthy, and I'll be with them. And when they get older and they die, then after that... My responsibility is over, and I'll come and follow you. So a lot of times when we look at some things, we say, Okay, God, we want to follow you. We want to advance the kingdom of God. We want to do what you want us to do. We want to live in this kingdom lifestyle, but I'm here to tell you it's going to cost you something. And this guy here saw that, and he said to another one, Follow me. And he said, Lord, first permit me to go bury my father. But he said to them, Allow the dead to bury their own dead, but as far as you... 
Go and proclaim everywhere what? The kingdom of God. This is the message of Christ. He says, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Anybody know that scripture? Matthew what? 4, 4, 17. We should all know that one. We preached it over and over and over and over again. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. See, whenever people believe it and receive it, they'll receive the rule and the reign of God in their life. Let me say that again. When you believe it and you receive it, you will receive the rule and the reign of God in your life. Many people, I believe many people will die and go and be with the Lord and never experience the kingdom of God. They'll never experience it. They'll never have the total rule and the total reign of God in their life. And we want to be able to experience the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, the kingdom of God is important and it's good news that the kingdom is available to us. See, what, what, what you allow to rule in your life becomes your kingdom. If you'll allow God to rule in your life, then you'll operate in the kingdom of God. If you allow uh, jealousy, hatred, anything else to rule in, the, in your life, that'll become a kingdom. See, whenever we hear the gospel preached, if we will receive it, then miracles will begin to happen. Oh, come on. Anybody need more miracles? Turn to your neighbor and say, I need some more miracles. So we want some more miracles. We want some more healings. We want those deliverance. See, Jesus never, Jesus never, never produced signs and miracles to prove that he was the Messiah. In fact, when the Pharisees asked him for a sign, he told them they were a perverse and evil generation, that all they were wanting was a sign. And the only sign they were going to get was the sign of the, of the Son of Man being in the heart of, of like Jonah and being in the heart of the earth, being in the heart of that whale for three days and three nights. That's the only sign you're going to get. So Jesus never went and healed somebody because they asked him, show us a sign. And he never went over and healed somebody and said, see, I'm the Messiah. Jesus never did that. But he preached the kingdom. He preached the good news. Say good news. He preached the good news of the kingdom. And that's what we want us to realize. He never performed those miracles to prove who he was. When Jesus performed miracles, it was showing that, that he, he didn't have to show that he was the Messiah. But when he performed miracles, he was demonstrating that he was the Messiah. He was demonstrating that. It was the power. Deaf began to hear. Mute people began to speak. Lepers began to be cleansed. Lame people began to walk. These were all signs that the kingdom of God had come. The rule and the reign of God had come into the lives of the people. See, when the, when the kingdom of God comes, when the kingdom of God comes, it displaces the kingdom of dark. Demons realize that the kingdom of God is here. You remember the, remember when Jesus was, uh, when the demons came up, there was a, 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 a guy that had legion. They were many. There were many. That was about 6,000 in the Roman Empire. A legion was 6,000 soldiers. Do you remember when they, when he was going to cast them out and they said, what are you doing here before it's time? They knew the kingdom of God had come. They said, why don't you leave us alone? And he said, well, you will go into those pigs. Ran into the pigs, pigs ran off the cliff, wiped out the whole guy's herd of pigs. The kingdom of God had come. Demons can recognize you operating in the kingdom of God. 
See, when you take a look at, at from Adam to Jesus, there was approximately 4,000 years from Adam to Jesus, and you saw that the earth was in darkness. You saw that there was witchcraft. There was idolatry. You saw these different kingdoms. There were different dark kingdoms that ruled this planet. And Jesus comes as an apostle. He comes as an apostle and he says, now the kingdom of God is at hand. So it begins to displace those things. I want you to know that there's answers to your problems and it's in the kingdom of God. When Jesus came and the kingdom of God came and he says the kingdom of God is now at hand, what that meant was to the enemy, it was the beginning of the end of the enemy's rule. It was the beginning of the end of the enemy's rule, and that makes me feel happy tonight. That makes me feel good tonight that it's that the enemy, that was the beginning of the end of his rule. Amen? So you need to advance the kingdom. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. you got to advance the kingdom. You know, it's up to you to advance the kingdom, to live in and to operate in the kingdom. I mean, that is good news. Now, there's two things I want us to understand tonight. I'm going to try to unpack this and lay this out. I want you to look at it. We'll get as far as we can get on it, and we'll see how I am on time. But I want us to look at a couple things tonight. I want us to, do, to, to understand two things. The first thing I want us to understand about the kingdom is that we need to understand that it is a hidden kingdom. It's a hidden kingdom. Say hidden kingdom. It's a hidden kingdom, and I'm going to give you some scriptures. In other words, most people don't see it. They don't operate in it. They go, how, how, how do I, I want the kingdom, where's it at? I, 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 I want to be able to see it. We're going to talk about that a little bit. The second thing that I want us to realize about the kingdom is that it is an inverted kingdom. It's an inverted kingdom. And hopefully I'm going to cover more on this probably Sunday, but, but I want us to look at because not only it's a hidden kingdom, but it's an inverted kingdom. So I want us to look at some scriptures about where the kingdom is hidden. First of all, turn with me to, to Luke chapter 8. And I want to look at verse 10. Luke chapter 8. I want to look at verse 10. We can just limit that to the first time. How about that? That would be good. <laughs> Luke chapter 8, verse 10. Everybody there say, I'm there. Anybody there say, I'm not. I'm not. And he said to you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of what? Anybody? Everybody? It's been granted to who? That's right. It's been granted to us or it's been granted to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's been granted to you. it's been granted to you to to know the kingdom of God, but to the rest it's in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Jesus spoke in parables to hide things from those that didn't believe. He spoke in those parables to in order to bring a revelation of the kingdom, and it says, he says, this is a mystery, but this mystery is for you, the believer. If you're a believer, say, I'm a believer. And the mysteries are mine. So those things that are hidden should be revealed, and they should be revealed for the believers. That's why natural people and even carnal Christians don't understand a whole lot. Because 
They're operating in a different realm than you're operating in. These things are hidden from them. And Jesus says that that, that the kingdom of God is is hidden. It's hidden. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 33 or 13. Well, let's, let's go to Matthew 25 first. See, if you don't want to see the kingdom of God, you won't see it. Now, if you want to see it, God will show it to you. In fact, unless God shows it to you, you won't see it, and it will continue to be a mystery. And this mystery that we're talking about is not something weird. It's not something spooky. It's, it's just something that's hidden from the very foundation of the earth, and this mystery now is being revealed over time. So it's hidden from the very beginning, from the foundation of the earth, and it's being revealed over time. See, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, he said, basically, that the kingdom is not new. Some people are saying, well, you know, I'm hearing a lot about the kingdom. It's new stuff. It's new stuff. It's not new stuff. It might be new to us. As we understand it, as we learn it, as we grow, as we advance, as we mature along our walk with with God, Matthew 25, verse 34 says, Come, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So the kingdom was from the foundation of the world. And it's been hidden over time, and it's now something that's becoming new to us. The terminology is probably new. The things that we're understanding about, about it, it's new. But like I said, there's going to be some people that will die on this planet that will never see the kingdom of God. There will be people that will try to operate. It will be hidden from their eyes. And those that don't see it won't see it. Because Jesus said this in Matthew 13, 16. He said, Blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and don't see it and desire to hear what you hear, but they don't hear it. So the kingdom of God is a great blessing. It is the greatest blessing that you can ever have on this planet is the kingdom of God. So let's look at some scriptures where it's hidden. Can we do that? Matthew thirteen thirty three. That's a wonderful scripture. Matthew thirteen thirty three. See, Jesus begins to start speaking about parables in the book of Matthew. This is the first time that he begins to start using those parables. Matthew thirteen thirty three says, He spoke of another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid. See it? The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour, until it was all leavened. The kingdom is hidden. Look at verse 44. 13, uh, verse 44. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure, what? Hidden in the field, and a man found, and he hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all he has, and he buys the field. See, it's hidden But once you discover it, it becomes the most important thing to you. Once you see it, once you discover it, once you realize I can live there and operate there and I can be there 
and I can operate in the kingdom of God and there's good news in the kingdom of God and in the kingdom of God and through the kingdom of God. Jesus preached on the kingdom of God. He didn't preach on faith. He didn't preach on healing. He didn't preach on deliverance. He didn't preach on those things. He didn't teach on those things. But there was a byproduct from the kingdom of God as he operated in the kingdom of God and preached the good news of the kingdom of God and spoke about the good news of the kingdom of God. Healings took place. Deliverance took place. The blind began to see. The lame began to walk again. The lepers were beginning to be cleansed. Oh, oh. and he said the same thing to disciples. He said, I've given this to you freely that that I've given it to you. Now freely you go and give it. That's good news. Say good news. That's good news of the kingdom of God. So we watched Jesus preach it. We watched the disciples, the 12 disciples preach it. We watched the 70s preach it. And they were preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. And he says this kingdom is hidden. And when you find this kingdom, it's so valuable to you that you'll go and you'll, you'll give everything you got. And you'll, 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 you'll come and you'll say, I got this kingdom now. I found it. And he went and hid it again in order to buy that field because he didn't want nobody else to know about it. So the kingdom is hidden. And you got to look for it. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, find the kingdom. you got to find the kingdom. We've got to look for that kingdom because Jesus said, seek me and you will find me. Knock and the door shall be open. Give and it shall be given to you. See, this is the kingdom that we're talking about. And it's hidden. And once you discover it, you'll give up everything for it. I didn't know what it was. When we started to learn about the kingdom, I don't know, about it's probably been a year, year and a half ago, we began to start getting materials, Miles Monroe. We started getting materials from Miles Monroe and got all those materials. And, and, and Jerry King taught on, on the kingdom and, and John Eckhart. We began to get things on the kingdom, and we just started eating this kingdom stuff. We just started just sucking it in and absorbing it. And I'm still trying to wrap my brain around it, but it's not my brain that I need to wrap around it. It's my spirit that needs to get it. Because when this kingdom is hidden and when you find it, see, there was something we found, I found 10 years ago. And I, I sold everything I had or gave everything away. And I loaded up what I had left in a U-Haul truck and I came to Oklahoma. I thought I was coming to Oklahoma for an absolutely wonderful woman and, and that is great. But there was something that I've realized since then. I was in search of the kingdom. I was a born-again believer, and I was, but I was in search of something, and I was in search of the kingdom. And you know what? It was so precious to me to follow God. It mattered the most to me to follow God that we could pick up and we could leave North Carolina. We could leave the comfort of our home. We could leave the security of a job. We could leave all those things, and we left all those things and came to Oklahoma. I didn't realize what it was. I'm just sacrificing for Jesus. No, I realize now that what I was in search of was the kingdom. Because I was willing to give everything away that I had in order to get the kingdom. It was that valuable. Come on, somebody ought to give the Lord some praise. Now, I want to tell you this is going to get a little bit rough for a few moments, so hang on. Because that's the problem with American Christianity. 
A lot of times we say, well, just come and give your life to Christ and everything will be okay. You and I know that it won't be okay. It's not okay. Yes, we might, we might know Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. We might be born again. Our spirit is renewed, regenerated. Our spirit is, is made alive in the things of Christ. That's what's happened. But a lot of times we've told people, oh, it's going to be okay. And then we go and live our life the way we want to live our life and not the way God wants to live our life. And things get worse and they get difficult. And then we disappear from the church. Come on, somebody. We unplug from the power source in which we're plugged in for. Because the Bible says, how can, how, how can you hear unless you're preached to? And how can, a, how can somebody preach unless they're sent? So we look at a, American culture, American Christianity, and sometimes we don't have to give up anything. It's just the other way around. We're supposed to give up everything. People not willing to pay the price when they find out how difficult it is to be a believer. And times are getting worse for the Christians because they're trying to come after your rights. They're trying to take things away from you. They're trying to say that I can't preach the Word of God and I can't preach against homosexuality and I can't preach uh, against uh, marriage being defined as as a, a man and a man or a woman and a woman. I'm telling you, God is the one that has created marriage. It's not up to us to decide who defines it. God has already defined it in His Word. So they'll try to silence the church. They'll try to silence the pastors. They'll try to silence you from being able to say anything. Don't say anything at work about this. We all got to get along. We all got to be diversified. Oh, who we? There's people wanting rights like their skin color was black or something. They're wanting rights because they're, they're, they're Hispanic or or they're from Chinese, I can understand that. But just because they have a choice of a lifestyle, they want the rights to be able to push their immoral, illegal lifestyle over on me and upon my kids. We've got to operate in the kingdom. We've got to begin to start stepping up and knowing, God, this is what you've called me to do. But see, it costs us something when we operate in the kingdom. If in order to find the kingdom the way we need to be looking for it and finding it, it's going to cost us something. We're willing to give up something. But not in this culture here. No, we want it the easy way. We wanted to microwave it and give me a meal in in 3.5 minutes. Come on, somebody. We need to understand two things about this. That the kingdom is hidden And the second thing that we want you to understand is that it is an inverted kingdom. What I literally mean there is it's upside down. See, normal... Well, let me explain this to you. I want to explain a little bit about the upside down kingdom. And then maybe you'll understand why people quit following God. Why they stop, why they get halfway, or why they get on the journey and then they cease to continue on. See, because what's high in the kingdom of God is low in the kingdom of the world. And what's low in the kingdom of God is high in the kingdom of the world. So we've got these two kingdoms that are diabolically opposed to each other. And the kingdom of the world doesn't operate like the kingdom of God. Because in the kingdom of God, turn with me to to Luke chapter 6. I'm sure this is probably not up there, but Luke chapter 6, because I want us to look at the kingdom of 
of God. Because when we look at the kingdom of God, and I'm thinking about this scripture, Luke chapter 6, I want to look at verses 27 and 29. I want to try to get there quickly. Verse 27, but I say to you, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. The kingdom of God says for you to love your enemies. The kingdom of the world says to talk bad about them, beat, to beat them down. The kingdom of God also says this, do good to those who hate you. But the kingdom of the world says, why don't you take them out and blow them up? Take them to court and sue the pants right off of them. Why don't you just go by and put a stick of dynamite in their mailbox and blow them up? You with me? Why don't you retaliate against them? The kingdom of this world says, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. But no, no, the kingdom of God is an inverted kingdom. I'm here to tell you the kingdom of God, it's inverted. It's just the opposite. He says, do good to those that persecute you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. But the kingdom of the world doesn't say that. So that's why we can operate in the kingdom of God. And if people say bad things about us, we can just say, God bless them. God bless them. God bless them. And you can say, how can you do that? How can you do that? Because we're operating in the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of the world. But you don't understand what they're saying, preacher. They're saying all bad things about you. They're saying that you teach church of Scientology. They're saying that you're taking all the money out of the treasury and you're buying your cars and you're doing all these other things. Then all I'm saying is I'm going to operate in the kingdom of God and say, God, bless them. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. Bless them. Forgive them. We forgive. We release forgiveness. We want to be forgiven. We release those things and we say, bless them, Lord. That's operating in the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of the world doesn't operate that way. The kingdom of the world says if they slap you on one side, you go ahead and punch them back. But the kingdom of God says, no, if they hit you on one cheek, give them the other. The kingdom of God says, no, if he goes with you, if he drags you one mile, go ahead and go with him two miles. The kingdom of God says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, and running over. He'll cause men to give into your bosom. But the kingdom of the world says, no, no, you hoard it up. You keep it all for yourself. you got to save it because there's a day coming you're going to need it. But no, no, the kingdom of God says, I'm going to give. Hallelujah. But you look at this, and we're going to compare, do some comparisons on the kingdom of God and the kingdom of, of the world if you just stay with me. It says, in the kingdom of God, it says those that are last will be first. The kingdom of God says give and it shall be given to you. The kingdom of God says that it's, that it's the proud that is brought low and it's those that are humble are lifted up. What about the kingdom of the world? The kingdom of the world, it's all about your position. The kingdom of the world, it's all about where you came from, your family, your education. Well, I wasn't educated in Harvard. I wasn't from Princeton and I wasn't from Yale, so I guess I just won't be able to make it in this world. That's how this world operates. You want to know who's controlling the money, who's got the power? Those are those graduates coming out of Yale. Those are those graduates coming out of Princeton. Those are those graduates coming out of Harvard. But not the kingdom of God. 
The kingdom of God can take somebody with no education and they can lay hands on the sick and they can recover. They can cast out demons. They can speak with new tongues. They can take authority and demand and command things and things will happen and things will shift and things will begin to start coming forth in the kingdom of God and it's not about your education. It's not about how many degrees you got after your name. You could look like a thermometer that you got so many degrees after your name. It's not about the family. It's about the family of God. It's about being on an equal playing field with the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. See, a lot of times we don't realize this, but that's where the wealth is. The wealth is laid up for the righteous and just. There's people right now working to gain wealth to put it into your hands. If you'll have the kingdom of God attitude, if you'll have a kingdom mentality, If you'll say, what about the kingdom? Because I want to be able to give and it shall be given unto me. So it's not about the kingdom of the world. It it deals with position. It deals with authority. deals with education. That's what matters. That's the only thing that's important. Well, it's all about money. The kingdom of this world is all about money. It's all about money. You know why? Because money gives you power. Money gives you power in the kingdom of this world. Turn with me to Luke chapter 18. Just stay with me. Luke chapter 18. And you guys, you guys probably know this, this parable about the rich, rich young ruler. Luke chapter 18. I want us to look at verses 18 through 25. A ruler questioned him saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says to him, Why do you call me good? He said, Why are you calling me good? He's sucking up to him. Why are you calling me good? You trying to get in my good graces here? He said, no one except is good except for God alone. Do you not know the commandments? Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And he said, all these things I've kept from my youth. And Jesus heard this. And he said to him, one thing you lack... He says, sell all that you possess and distribute it to the poor. Look at what the rest of the scripture says. And you shall have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. And the Bible says that he was sad. When he heard these things, he became very sad. Very sad. For he was not just rich, but my Bible says extremely rich. Do you remember the scripture that it says it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven as hard as it is for a camel to enter into the eye of the needle? And how many of us have thought that eye of that needle that you put thread through, you're going to put this camel through? That's not what he was talking about. On the outside of the walls, there were entrance points. There were doorways. And you've seen them in movies where they're shaped with the little point on top, but they were small. Shorty couldn't stand up and go through it. And in order for a camel to go through what they called at that time hermeneutics, what did it mean to who said it? To whom was it said? Under what circumstances was it said? Who does it mean? What does it mean to them then? And what does it mean to us now? It meant to them then that that camel had to unload all the stuff that it had and get on its knees and it could go on its knees through the eye of the needle. 
When Jesus said that, that's what he was referring to. He didn't say rich people couldn't get in. He just said it's hard for them to get in. And this guy was extremely rich. And what Jesus was saying to him is he was saying this, rich, wrong, you ruler, I don't want money to control you. See, you can have money, but money shouldn't have you. Come on, somebody. But in this world, in the world kingdom, in the kingdom of the world, they say you got to get money and you got to get more and you got to get more. How much is enough? When you got two million, they want two more million. Come on, somebody. When they want four million, they got to have four more million. I mean, when, when pro athletes are signing contracts for $21 million, how much is enough? But see, the kingdom world takes rich people, extremely rich people, and says, you got to have some more. You don't have enough. Well, how much is a billion dollars? You know, other people are worth billions of dollars, and they're still after more than billions, and they're still after more. How much is enough? Now, I'm not saying that you can't have money. This is a tough, this is hard to swallow. But do you realize that the kingdom of heaven was, is actually more attractive to poor people than rich people? More attractive to poor people than rich people. I'll show you in the scriptures when we get to it here. I want to I continue to track here. Lord, give me some time here. Buy some time. What he was saying to this rich, wrong, rich young ruler was this. I want to be your God. I want to be your king, not money. See, the world says, don't give it away. But the kingdom of God says, give it away. Give and it shall be given unto you. People say, Pastor, how do you do what you're doing? Because we give. Give away over a hundred and some thousand dollars last year. We give it away. Different ministries, different ministries, advancing the kingdom. Give it away. I don't want to keep it. I want to be able to give it away. I want to be able to have it flow through. Because it, water, if it sits in a glass, becomes stale. You don't believe me? D- draw some water. Put it on the counter in about a week or so from now. Maybe a month, drink it and see what happens. See, see if you want to drink it. Maybe you don't even want to drink it. Come on, somebody. The kingdom of God is all about the rule of God. Nothing else controls your life but God. There's nothing else. It's not money that controls my life. It's not an automobile that controls my life. It's not a wife that controls my life. It's not my kids that control my life. It's not a TV that controls my life. It's not a cigarette that controls my life. It's not some snuff that controls my life. It's not a drug that controls my life. It's not alcohol that controls my life. It's not jealousy that controls my life. It's not anger that controls my life. It's not bitterness that controls my life. It's not envy that controls my life. God controls my life. That's what the kingdom of God is about. It's about coming into that place where nothing else seems to really matter except for God what you want. Somebody needs to shout hallelujah. Okay, Matthew 25, because I know you guys want to prove it by the word, so let's just prove it by the word. Matthew chapter 25. See, when you... When you get the kingdom of God, when you seek the kingdom of God, when you see the kingdom of God, you'll give away cars. 
Anybody ever had a car given to them? Not saying that. Just because to bless her. But things don't become so important. I've been at a meeting before when somebody said, I like my watch. I gave it to them. What's the big deal? I don't need a three or $400 watch. Are you with me? Oh, come on, somebody. I don't know if you understand this. When we find the kingdom of God, other things really just don't matter to us. Well, you live in a nice house. So what? Doesn't matter to me. I can sell it tomorrow. You drive a nice car. So what? Doesn't matter to me. God may speak to me and I give it away. We've given away four vehicles. Somebody say, that's the kingdom. Well, pastor, I don't understand. I can come in here on a Wednesday night, and this happened not too long, a few Wednesday nights ago, when people started laying cash down on the altar, and people started coming and getting their bills paid. Come on, somebody. That's kingdom. That's kingdom living when people can come and say, wait a minute. But you can go into some other churches, and all they're doing is even church. It's not talking about the kingdom. See, nobody's telling us about the kingdom. We're not hearing about the kingdom. And maybe in the circles that you're in, all of a sudden, you're starting to hear the kingdom. Oh, what a kingdom. All of a sudden, your ears are tuned into the kingdom. And you're finding some kingdom people because that's what God wants. He wants to have some kingdom people. When he has kingdom people that you'll give up everything. You'll give up your riches. You'll give up your power. You'll give out your job. You'll take your kids and you'll move to Oklahoma or wherever it is that God says that you need to go. You'll give these things away because they really don't mean much. And then it'll more come back and you'll go, oh, there's some more for me to be able to give away. And then it flows back in and you say, oh, let me give that away. And then this flows back in and you say, let me give that away. That's what I'm talking about, an inverted kingdom. Oh, I wish I could show you some principles in the Word on this inverted kingdom. It's all over the Bible. We'll look at this. Matthew 25. Did I tell you what verse? Okay, how about verse 34? And the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you. There it is. From the foundation of the world. The kingdom prepared for them by the foundation of the world. You want to see a kingdom principle? Let's look at this. He says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. Sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord... When did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick and in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even to the least of them, you did it unto me. That's a kingdom mentality. Well, when do we do this? Because it's a natural thing. When you're in the kingdom, you just bless. When you're in the kingdom, you don't curse, you bless. Are you with me? When you're in the kingdom, you operate in the blessings of God. When you're in the kingdom, you're bringing forth and advancing the kingdom. And we've got to get kingdom-minded. Each one of us has got to get kingdom-minded. And I'm not talking about blessing those that are lazy and that won't do anything. 
the carnal kind of people that, that just kind of take advantage of things. But I'm talking about blessing the poor, people that have dealt with a difficult situation or had some tragedies that take place in their life. And not just because they just refuse to do anything, but have had a bad hand dealt to them. They can't help it that they were born in Africa. They can't help it that they were born in Cuba. I'm telling, I'm talking about nations that we need to begin to look and bring nations to the, to the, to the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, to Jesus Christ, these nations, instead of looking at them and say, it's their problem. Why don't they get a job? Why don't they get some things done? Why don't they just build a house? I mean, you know, what's the matter? They got no money. They got no work. Well, how many of you know in Cuba they get $8 a month? Maybe we need to start helping some people. Maybe we need to realize where we're at. The kingdom that we're talking about, the kingdom of God is an upside-down kingdom. Last scripture, and I'm just going to have to pause. Luke chapter 12. Verse 31. Luke 12:31. But seek his kingdom and these things will be added to, to you. Do not be afraid little flock for your father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. A lot of times we just say seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you and we stop there. We stop and say, woohoo, yeah, 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 that's it, baby. I'm seeking the kingdom first. But then he comes on and he continues. The kingdom is what we've got to go after. And God is glad, wants to, desires to give you the kingdom. He wants to give it. It's something that he wants to give. There's things we want to give our kids. There's things we want to give you. There's things we want to give people. There's things we want to give others that are around us. As parents, you're glad to give it to them, your children and your grandchildren. You'll do things that you wouldn't normally do. Come on, somebody. It's about serving them. Let me give you an assignment for Sunday. Acts chapter 4. Look at verses 32 through 35. Luke 12, 31 through 34. Let's finish this. I want you to write that down. I want you to read over it. Look at verse 30, 31. It says, But seek first the kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. Here's what we don't want to preach. We just skip over it. Verse 33 says, Sell your possessions. Give to charity. That's poor in the Greek. Make yourselves money belts, which do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near or moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. That's the kingdom. It's an inverted kingdom, and I'm going to share more on the inverted kingdom. I'm going to show you principles time after time again in the Word of God where it's an inverted kingdom. When you find something that's hidden, and you find it, and it's worth everything. Oh, come on, somebody. 
You'll quit smoking dope when you find the kingdom. Come on, somebody. You'll quit playing around when you find the kingdom. You'll quit gossiping when you find the kingdom. Come on, somebody. You'll quit being jealous when you find the kingdom. God, how come they're using her and not me? I mean, how come this is happening with her and not me? The Bible tells us, it tells us it's not wise to compare ourselves against ourselves. You got your own gifts. You got your own talents. And God wants you to operate in the kingdom of God. And when you operate in the kingdom of God, there is peace in the kingdom of God. Say peace. There's love in the kingdom of God. Say love. There's joy in the kingdom of God. Say joy. So in the midst of the situations, in the midst of the circumstances, in the midst of what you're going through, your, your husband can be put in jail or being deported or wherever it may be. He can be walking out and he never come back again. Your wife may be able to walk out and go with your best neighbor and you can still be in the kingdom of God. You can still say, God, you're my rock. You can still say, God, I'm still going to stand. You can still say, God, I'm not moving up. I'm not going back to where I came out of. I'm not going back to the drugs. I'm not going back to the alcohol. I'm not going back to the things that you delivered me out of. I'm not going back to Lodabar. I'm going to stay at the king's table. I'm going to continue to eat at the king's table because I'm in the kingdom. And in the kingdom is love. And in the kingdom is joy. And in the kingdom is peace. And in the midst of your circumstance, you can still have peace. Woo, hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's kingdom. In the midst of what's going on. I mean, your business can be failing and you can be in the midst of the kingdom and they can say, what's going on with you? And say, I don't know, but we're going to ride this thing out because I know this, that my God is bigger than this situation. I know my God is bigger than this. I'm going to stay and operate in the kingdom and it's good news in the kingdom because in the kingdom there's hope. There's hope to come out on the other end. There's hope for you in the kingdom of God. There's hope for you in the kingdom of God. There's hope for you in the kingdom of God. Woo, hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise in this house. He is.